is the Powerful Nonsense Podcast. Learn everything you need to know to make a living outside the 9 to 5 grind and crush it at life. You'll learn from inspirational guests and in-depth discussions. Go from employee to entrepreneur and start creating a life you love and still pay the bills. So here are your hosts, Wayne Ingram and Jem Yildiz. Let's get on with the show! This podcast is sponsored by the University of Northampton, the first UK university to be awarded the Ashoka U Changemaker Campus status in recognition for their commitment to social entrepreneurship. So Creativity Month continues on this edition of Powerful Nonsense. We've been playing around with our studio gear. I think the studio is... I think the studio is almost ready or is ready. I think we've got it down now. Yeah. Fewer technical issues for this episode. (laughs) (laughs) So, we've been talking a lot about creativity this month. Um, We should have mentioned a few episodes ago that the plan was for it to all be about creativity this month. And it actually came together quite randomly as well. We just kind of had a new few points for the podcast. And we was like, aren't these all creativity related? And then suddenly it just like merged together magically. Yeah. I think that's creativity at work. I think it is. <laughs> Would you look at that? <laughs> um, but today we are posing the question of whether or not we are in a creativity crisis. Dun, dun, dun. I feel I want a sound effect. I wish we need to get something. We're going to get the soundboard that's going to come soon. And just get some sound effects going. What kind of sound effects were you, were you hoping for for that kind of point? Well, I think something like a dun 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 or a wah wah wah. Wah wah wah. That's probably no. a little bit insensitive for a creativity crisis, but something would have been good. Or anyway. maybe or maybe like a, a vox pop from Ken Robinson just saying something, just throw <laughs> yeah, that in. That would be great. <laughs> have all of the quotes lined up. Uh huh. <laughs> getting high tech here at Powerful Nonsense Studios, <laughs> i.e., my bedroom. Um, AKA rather, I completely used IE wrong. Anyway, um, so the question that we're posing is, are we in a creativity crisis? And I'd say yes, <laughs> quite <laughs> frankly. Yeah, and I think um, I think it all spurred off because there's been a lot of articles as well. And I think a lot in the news, there's been a lot of talk about the education system sort of dropping a lot of creative subjects or actual students aren't feeling the need to kind of do these subjects anymore. Whereas like back in the day, you kind of think, well, art is part of what you do. And now it's kind of like people have a choice to say, you know what, that's not for me. And I guess we're going to discuss why we mm-hmm. think people are kind of pushing away from these subjects. Well, I can I can give a little bit of detail as to um, the school's. Uh, or rather the government getting pushing creativity out um, because my involvement with the actors union equity we've been campaigning with regard to this but basically the crux of the matter is that basically the creative subjects subjects (laughs) creative (laughs) subjects uh, the creative subjects are being taken out of the curriculum not in a you won't be able to have these subjects but basically Funding that schools get, I think, aren't is not going to be based on... The funding for creative subjects is going to be limited because it's not part of the curriculum. It's like an extra tag-on thing. I believe that's the stance that the government's taking with it. Um, and so some schools, particularly those with less funding at their disposal, so few schools are likely to offer these creative subjects mm-hmm. because the government deems it unimportant. Yeah, I mean that's me incredibly paraphrasing and, and <laughs> simplifying the situation, but but that's the crux of it, as far as my understanding goes. 
Well, I think that's true, though. A lot of people kind of, I mean, even with parents nowadays, they kind of, when you say what pick, what you're going to pick for your GCSEs, and if you start throwing in a lot of those sort of creative art subjects, I know I did. I did art, I did media, and then instantly people were like, oh, so you're going for the easy stuff then. It's kind of like these are sort of like oh. the... <laughs> it's true, though. Oh, my God. It's kind of that... <laughs> It's that idea that you want an easy life, you're going for the fluff, it's going to be a breeze, you're not going for stuff where you're going to have to use your brain, and I think... But you know what, right, I've got to to challenge this, right? How many people took those subjects because they thought it was going to be easy? I think quite a few did, and right. then it, it just. And stings what happened you. to those those people that thought it was going to be easy? It stings you in the ass when you realise how much right. coursework is involved. When I, when I did drama, right... And oh, I, I, did, knew... I did drama as well, so I was doing media, art, and drama. <laughs> did you do drama because you thought that one was going to be easy? To be honest, I just enjoyed it. I actually just That's had a good, good. laugh in That's the lesson. <laughs> but I, I remember being in my drama class and people being like, oh, you know, I just took this because it was going to be fun and easy. And, uh, and then they'd get stressed because they weren't well rehearsed enough for their big exam, which was going to be in front of the whole year group. Well, the whole drama mm-hmm. year group as well as an examiner and they weren't ready and the stress that it caused because they hadn't got all the props that they needed and this that and the other and like, <laughs> oh easy now is it <laughs> sorry <clears throat> anyway off your soapbox then. <laughs> and you just jump down but there was a great um before we got onto this podcast there was a great uh video we watched and we're going to link into it into the breakdown could you just rephrase what the guy was saying because i literally after hearing that i was just like amazed this is a video that we literally just watching five minutes ago yes Uh, So, he has some statistics from a study that was done, which blew my mind. Now, uh, this was an American study, so the grades are different to here. So, apologies to our American friends if I get the age groups wrong. Uh So, I'm going to try and translate it into (laughs) UK, because UK is... uh, Is our home. Our home. But... Uh, am I going to try and translate it? I'm just going to... Just give a general term. We're pretty sweeping with our statistics. So... Uh, they did a study where basically they asked school students whether or not they felt that they were creative people. They asked second graders, which I think is five or six-year-olds, mm-hmm. I think. Um, they asked second graders if they were creative, and 80% of them said yes. They then asked some fifth graders, which then makes them probably about... 10? 11? eight or 9, maybe? Maybe. That sort of age. Yeah, that sort of age. A little bit older. Yeah, eight or nine. They asked them, and they said 50% said yes. So it already lost 30% of them in three years. So that's 10% a year at that rate. Right? Then they asked 12th graders. Now, 12th grade is like GCSE level, right? Probably. <laughs> no idea. <laughs> so, sorry to our American cousins. Um, but 12th graders. Well, I'll let you do the maths. <laughs> they asked 12th graders and only, was it 10%? Yeah, 10%. 10% said that they felt that they were creative. That's before they've even left school. So by the time they've left school, like, at, at the at best case scenario is 10% upon leaving school think that they're creative. How awful is that? And then me and Wayne were sort of trying to discuss why maybe that happens. And I think for me... I think is is a lot to do with kind of judgment and shame of other people. I think at the end of the day, when you're young, you like will create art and you don't give a crap what it looks like. You just be creative, be expressive. You have fun. They put a piece of paper in front of you. You you do a coloring in and you show it to the teacher like it's the best piece of work on earth. And then I think as you get older, then you're kind of like 
there's more of a sort of a, a judgment on what you create and then suddenly there's there's an audience and there's and then it's not just being happy for the fact that you just created something it's actually what the other pe- people think about it and then suddenly you're in the firing line you get a bit older and you're in GCSEs because and then even I remember being in art class when you're painting something and you're not even finished and you're halfway through you're like really you're like trying to I, I know when I was in my art class I was trying to like guard it with my body so no one could actually see mm. where I was at it's kind of I'm not finished so don't look at it and so a lot of this judgment comes in and then I think there when you're at that sort of age you're already worried about what people mm-hmm. think of you or what you're doing and who you are and your identity and I think what happens is creativity really exposes you mm-hmm. and then that's where I think it falls off and if you say well I'm not create I'm not creative then suddenly you're not in the firing line because when you're sitting doing maths you're doing that as a one-on-one but I think mm-hmm. when it comes to the arts it's such an expressive subject which means it's automatically on show and I think I think there's got to be something in there that's to do with why we're in a crisis are we are we have we become so afraid to kind of be expressive because of the external judgment or is there other aspects to that i think no because you're now bringing back memories now that you're talking about art class and hiding your artwork and stuff and i i think there's definitely something in it because before i decided i wanted to be an actor at the age of 10 which is bloody young to be making those sorts of decisions uh but up until that point i wanted to become an artist I've always wanted to have an artistic career. I went from being an artist to specifically a cartoonist. Um, <laughs> I'm learning things about you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and, you know, because I thought for my age, I was not, not bad at drawing. I quite enjoyed it. And I'd spend... I'd, I used to be a complete a stationary nut. And I used to draw all the time. Everything I did, if it if it was something that had to be go on to go on paper it would be drawn i wouldn't write for shit because it was boring as hell <laughs> i'd always draw and um and then when i went into secondary school and we started doing art class and it went from being generally creative to draw this flower that everybody um, else is drawing everybody else is so drawing. you're going to be judged against them <laughs> right absolutely and then suddenly i looked around and i was like well i can't be i can't have it like an arts artist's career i can't be a cartoonist or whatever because i can't draw for shit <laughs> looking around my everybody flower else. does not look as good as everybody else's flower but of course <laughs> i didn't want to draw flowers for my career anyway yeah. at that point um and yeah and then i just completely abandoned the drawing thing and then i suddenly i suddenly went from being like yeah i'm an all right drawer to being like i am shit at art yeah so, so that, that, I think there's something in that. But that's what I think. I think because it is such a dangerous, especially at that sort of age as well, I think that's when you're trying to wear the good trainers, you're trying to look good, you're trying to comb your hair the way that everybody else is. It's like you are trying to conform as, <laughs> as much as possible. Yeah. So art, in its, in its nature, totally goes against everything that you're kind of do at that moment in time because suddenly you're trying to stand out in a time where it's really important to fit in. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I actually genuinely hadn't thought about that part of my life. And and then I think it works. Then today. then I think it flips on its head and then I think suddenly you get a bit older so maybe you are in the GCSE stage and I think a lot of the time you end up picking the GCSEs that other people have confirmed that you're good at. <laughs> yeah. And it's, suddenly yeah. or they're acknowledged. Well, that's exactly what happened with me though. Like I we had drama class and I mean I'd always been onto into performing on stage anyway. It was the drama class just confirmed it because then, you know, we had these things called effort scores. I don't know if you had something similar, mm, uh, which so. was basically um, you were marked from A to D, I think, on achievement 
and then four to I one. I know what you're talking about. It's all like when you get your like parents' evening, your form says, you know, he's doing this, uh, any yeah. effort, and yeah, yeah, I know what yeah, you're yeah. talking about. Yeah. So it was like how much effort versus how successful you were uh-huh. at it. And I like I was always getting top effort scores for drama, mm-hmm. and I enjoyed it, and I was quite good at it. So then I went, that's when I went, I could turn this into a career? Right, I'll turn this into a career. I'm going to be an actor. Mm-hmm. That was why, was because the uh, social... Uh, pressures, in it, I guess. Not social pressures. Uh, what's the phrase I'm after? I know what you're talking about as well. Uh, <laughs> can't get the word out. Uh, uh, well, influences from sort of other people are kind of telling you that, yeah. okay, this is the right thing for you. It was being confirmed that, yeah. yeah, this is a good thing for you to do. You were do. getting a pat on the back for the thing that <laughs> right. you were doing. Yeah. Right. So, so then my career choices have all stemmed from that, um, and up until that, up until that point, it was art. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, <laughs> it's weird to kind of look back and break it down, but I think a lot of the time it comes down to that. And I think as well, like you've got to think with these art subjects as well. I think probably a lot of those parents that are very sort of pushy in a way, kind of are trying to. Push. I, I reckon there are so many parents out there that when they hear like oh mum or dad I'm, I'm going to university oh excellent like that's a tick for the parent like yeah you're mm-hmm. doing something good your kids made it to university and then when they go yeah I'm doing media production or I'm, I'm doing photography or I'm doing art I'm going to do fine art and then they're probably thinking we saved all that money just for <laughs> you to go and do art a career that I think gets a really bad press I think art and creativity is in in all kinds of all kinds of like news and stuff it's not really you don't tie, I guess it's the sort of same with those sort of like unicorn businesses. You you know that some people, a very tiny minority, make it good, like make mm-hmm. a career out of it and make millions from their art. Most of them probably die first and then it happens. But it's kind of like you're very much steered away from it. It's like, yeah, it's a nice thing to do. It's a nice thing to explore, but it's not realistic. And I think that's where the crisis lies. And I'm probably sure that's where probably governments kind of think in the same that way. That is totally where the, gov- where the governments think in the... Uh, Minister for Education has gone on record many times now to say, and I completely disagree, has gone on record to say that anyone that takes creative subjects um, is limiting their career choices, which is the biggest pile of wank (laughs) I've ever heard in my entire... That would go down as my... Biggest load of nonsense I've ever heard. <laughs> Basically, we need a button on our on our soundboard to go bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that would be great. But honestly, like, um, there, are, like me being an actor because I've taken uh, that subject, which is a creative subject, by the way, Miss Minister for Education. Um, <laughs> I have opened so many opportunities for myself just because of the way I communicate with people and my physical presence in a room is different to someone... It's certainly different to what it would have been had I not... In fact, I remember... I remember... Soapbox, hang on, let me get back on it. I remember (laughs) after the first term of being at university, the first term of training, so three months, 12 weeks of training, I went back to Birmingham and I went out on a night out. Our just so happens that one of the hottest, most popular girls from my year group was out at this same nightclub, right? She was gorgeous. Anyway. Um, anyway, so uh, we made eye contact. I just walked straight over. So I was like, hey, how are you doing? And she was like, wow. I was like, what? She was like, you've become really, really confident. I was like, am I? She was like, yeah. I was like, I win. And that was purely because of my 
choice of subject to do at uni. Like, that's where that's come from. I have no doubt. And to say then that creative doing a creative subject is really going to limit your options is just... Oh. And it's funny now because I think I think they had a point back in the day and I think like we, we spoke about in our talk, like that industrial sort of revolution time and where it was all about making sure that you could produce students or people for the workforce that were just going to be kind of like yes men and yes i'll do things in that specific way Mm -hmm. and i think but we can see nowadays and we spoke about this in the last episode that businesses are understanding that they don't need yes men anymore because a lot of those yes men have now been outsourced by a computer or something that will program and do things in a definite yes no yes no yes no way Mm -hmm. but they're realizing actually we really need these creative people who are going to think in totally different ways and innovate which is so important to that business absolutely It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. So, I'm going to hop off my soapbox now. Because we've got to take a mini, mini break, as we do these days, to thank our sponsor, Northampton University. Or the University of Northampton. And we were on that lovely creative campus, weren't we, together? We certainly were. Avenue campus, which, did you know, is being knocked down? What? Being all, it's all merging into one big campus in the centre. Oh, I love that campus, though. I know. I was there a few weeks ago, and I'm getting very, very sad because I'm walking around with, like, nostalgic goggles on, being like, oh, I remember nights out there, and I remember... And I remember showering at Wayne's window. Let me in. I've lo- left, left my key. hanging out on that <laughs> corridor and walking through that corridor and seeing all the pictures from when I was there on the... Uh, performance corridor and but yeah that campus is being knocked down but that's not to say that the school of the arts is disappearing no 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 only physically is being merged into one big campus with everything else the school of the arts is still going to be there um so yes they do have a school of the arts at northampton with including an acting course if you are so inclined in which case i am a big fan of yours yeah if you want to if you want to be confident like wayne and just walk up to girls and chat them up (laughs) then i think it's a great place to go uh they also do media there which is what you did at school of the arts dance Mm -hmm. drama creative writing all that sort of stuff if you are creatively inclined so if you are considering a university we would highly recommend from experience the university of northampton so check them out northampton.ac.uk cool so back to the show back to the show so I think as well, I think a lot of people when it comes to kind of um, creativity, I don't think it really has a, 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 like we said in the last episode, it doesn't have that clear, definite like goal A to B. And I think that's the problem with art. And I think that's why people are kind of less inclined to pursue it because I guess there's no outcome to it. There is no, it doesn't end. There isn't an end point. And it seems mm-hmm. that we're in a society who loves to see, okay, if I do X, it leads to Y. And I think that's a big problem in itself. Yeah, yeah, I yeah, you're totally right. And I think of what George Lucas says. Big fan of George Lucas. If you don't know who he is, creator of Star Wars, big big fan, big fan. Um, but he says like art is never finished; it's only abandoned. And I think that just speaks for the creative process in general. Is you can always, if it's something creative, well, not it doesn't even have to be creative, but things can always be improved. And certainly, it's very much the case with with art and creativity is as you say there is no end point it's not like once i have done this this will happen it's not like once i sell x amount of these this is how much money i will make. i'm now stamped an artist for the rest of time and right exactly because you can only create one piece of that art you can't you can't uh uh god why am i repurpose or no i'm thinking assembly line you can't well i mean Generally speaking, a piece of art, we're talking painting on canvas, you can't just assembly line that. You can only do it once and then reproduce it as 
prints. You mm-hmm. can't do it identical because it will never be identical. So once that piece of art is done, it's done. Um, unless you choose to improve it and fix it and whatever. Um, and I think that's where... I, I think the state of where we are in terms of business, in terms of academics and stuff, I think that's their frame of thinking is, well, you can only make one piece of art, so then once that's gone, it's gone. Uh, there's no longevity in it, and that's, again, it's rubbish. It's complete rubbish. I mean, yes, I've just said, you know, once it's painted, it's painted, but the point is, is then how do you leverage that and turn that into something which you can... I mean, the amount of content that you could produce online to say, this is how I made this piece of art. Like, you can leverage that content so much. You can then use that to sell courses on how you produce your... on your style of art for someone that want, that loves your work. Like, there's absolutely no reason why you can't take your art and turn it into a business. Absolutely no reason. I mean, look at what I'm doing now with coaching. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, I've got one client, but I've only been working them, with them for a few months and I'm looking to turn that into something else. And it's all about that confidence, actually, that I learned through my training um, and passing that knowledge on to someone else. And that's turning into what could become quite a profitable business. I think another angle to look at, like being willing to be creative, I think a creative person is willing to take risks and they're really willing to be wrong and they're willing to be rejected. And I think that's the bit that is so important that's overlooked like if otherwise if you are that cog you always you know the outcome so you get the outcome whereas the person who is the creative doesn't mind people saying well that's not going to work or or they they will make stuff and just make it and if it flops it flops and i think Mm -hmm. that's where all these big entrepreneurial businesses come from because they just throw it out and see if it sticks and i think if if the government stopped that then suddenly there's going to be a dry all these opportunities all these ideas all these small businesses are going to dry out because people are so afraid to be wrong and if you're afraid to be wrong you're never going to create something new. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the danger there because if you want the economy to grow, you need people who have fresh ideas or you need people to think, well, look at everyone bangs on about all these massive unicorn companies such as like Facebook and stuff. But that came through someone who was highly creative and made something. And we need more people like that who are going to who are going to just put their ideas out there. Yeah, definitely. And I just, a, a big fear for me is that this country, and I don't think America is too different in its the way it educates people um that we become a world of academics mm-hmm. academics have their place and i mean absolutely no disrespect to academics at all but we're it's a different time now like it is it's not it's not just about having the knowledge it's, it's about, not the how it's it's like now like the why and also how are you going to actually create this thing it's right Exactly, and it's about sharing. And I mean, I mean, just look at the amount of creative people that are making a shit ton of money just from creating YouTube videos. <laughs> like, how could you tell me that you're limiting your career options? Sorry, getting back on that soapbox. <laughs> but how can someone say that when there are people out there? I mean, yes, they're the unicorns here and whatever, but they are making more than a living off of sitting and creating 
YouTube videos. Now, I understand how much work it takes to create those YouTube videos. It is a lot of work. It's not an easy job by any stretch of the imagination, but it comes from creativity. It comes from studying media. It comes from studying graphic design because you're going to have to create graphics or whatever. It comes from all of that place. It comes from the non-academic, the creative place. And I think if you kind of like reverse engineer exactly what maybe these YouTubers are doing or these people are creating business... Ultimately, a creative person is a is a problem seeker. They can see problems. They're mm-hmm. highly empathetic. When somebody creates some work, it's on the basis that they see a problem or they see they see a truth in the world that they want to kind of express. Maybe that truth is some girls don't know how to put on their makeup, so I make up a makeup tutorial. But they saw the gap and they created the art to Even go with the it. Putting on the makeup is considered like if you do a makeup artist stuff for whatever that subject is (laughs) Um, at college or university or whatever right that's a creative subject like nobody's ever going to go oh yes such an academic like that's a creative subject these people make absolute absolute fortune off of their makeup tutorials or they go in and make a fair bit of money working in the creative industries doing special effects for films and stuff it's just oh <laughs> I, I think i think ultimately i think creativity just needs to have a a new definition put to it i think it needs it's, a rebrand yeah i totally think it needs a rebrand i think education needs to see it as a rebrand i think when they're bringing in when they're saying, oh, we want to maybe start pushing towards entrepreneurship, I think they need to say, okay, that sounds like business, but also it's creativity. Right. Or they might say, okay, we need um, students to get more realistic subjects that are going to help them in their lives. Well, actually, there's really, when you're thinking about how you're going to pay your bills, suddenly you're creative again. You're creative again. You're saying, okay, well, how do I bring in more in- income? <laughs> and so, <laughs> right, exactly. But this is, this is, that's what I'm saying. So there's the problem. It's not, it's the word itself. You hear, creative and suddenly you're thinking of the guy with the hat on the, the painting hat he's got his paintbrush and holding his paintboard and i think that's what's got to change he's got to realize that actually i think the more more creative we can um, help young people to be the more well-rounded they are the more empathetic they are the more problems in the world they see that they're willing to change and actually do something about it and not be afraid to fail yeah it's it's what what i think the uh institute whatever it is is missing is that the creative subjects bring about lateral thinking. Complete and utter lateral thinking. Again, I'm going to bring it up. I think I brought it up last episode. I think it was last episode. <laughs> uh, Amy and her chicken soup on her painting. Mm-hmm. Like, an academic would have gone, start again. Um, it's wrong. There's a, a malfunction. Yeah, <laughs> right? Whereas a creative goes, well, I'm going to use that and I'm going to leverage that and I'm going to turn that let that turn into something else that's such a creative process and i think so many people would be like imagine you are given an art project at school right given an art project go go and draw this right go and paint this right you're doing it at home you've got your chicken soup on the side (laughs) you're ready you're like yeah this is a fucking masterpiece i'm gonna get top grades for this knock over the chicken soup chicken soup goes all over your painting the paint runs everywhere would you even consider handing that in at school? No. Absolutely <laughs> freaking not. Because you're going to turn up and you're going to be scared to death. And I wouldn't be surprised if your art teacher does go, what the hell is this? <laughs> why, are they chicken, why are they chicken pieces on, on your art? <laughs> yeah, right. What is this? And yeah, you are you going to turn around and go, well, you know, I was being artistic. This happened. And pure serendipity, it actually looks like a great piece of art. And the teacher pulls out the criteria for how to grade Chicken soup is not on there. Sorry about that. (laughs) Right. And maybe we're painting a bad picture here, but I think as a student, you certainly, if you spilt chicken soup over your 
piece of art as a student i can't see anybody going amazing i'm going to take that in i know i would never have thought of that if I'd spilt chicken soup over my homework, I'd be like, what the fuck? <laughs> i got to start, I put hours into this, i got to start again. And yeah, yeah. I also think there's also, um, I think the guy touched on that in that video that we were talking about, it's just like the times we live in as well. I think a lot of creativity comes from an actual relaxed, open place. And mm-hmm. I think that a lot of the a lot of the education system, the society, the pressures, I think a lot of, a lot of the environments that we put ourselves in from these young ages closes off that part of the mind that is creative it's a stress response and i think even when i went to talk with daniel Priestley, he was sort of saying that entrepreneurship entrepreneurs they tap into this front part of our brains that has been developed to be very lateral thinking creative and stuff but actually most of the time most people are living back in that lizard brain that one that's survival mode and cutting things off and needs structure and then you've got that mid bit of the brain that wants routine and yes and no answers and so a lot of the time that we're not creating enough of those environments, like we say to, uh, to to students, we say to young people that if you don't get a good grade, you're going to be nothing. You're going to be a failure. If you don't get good GCSEs, you're going to be a failure. And suddenly that person is now in a fear mode. It sends them straight back to that lizard brain survival. Yes, no, oh crap. I, I need to make sure that I'm going to be able to get food and have a good house and have a good family when I leave that there's no space for it to get into that creative part that might think up a great idea. And I think that's an, another massive danger of why we're in that crisis is because we're forcing people to be in a very stressed cortisol response mode, mm-hmm. cutting off that emotional brain that is thinking about other people's thinking about putting ideas together, having that idea sex as, as James Altish likes to say. So that's the episode for the week. Thank you very much for tuning in. We've got a question for you to put on your Facebook or on our Facebook post for this episode, which is, did you give up a uh, school subject because you were told that you were no good at it? That's what I want to know. That's what we want to know. Leave a comment on the Facebook post for this episode. Just tell the world which subject should you have done. Yeah, if you could go back. I think it's just quite interesting to go and look back and see what things were you kind of spurred on to say, oh, you're good at this, so you pursued it, or things that you just literally let go. Like you say, who knows? You could have been a great cartoonist by now. I could have been, but <laughs> I would never turn back from the career that I've chosen. <laughs> so thanks for listening, guys. Uh, get creative, and we will catch you on the flip side. See you later.